You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. This morning we are going to look at something that I believe the Lord wants to say to me and to someone that is, you know, asking the Lord a question. I believe he has a word for somebody. Amen. And uh, I'd like us to take a reading from Acts 27 and we're going to read from verse 1 to 13. Okay? I'd like us to read together. And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. So entering a ship of the Adramitium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. The next day we landed at Sidon, And Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. When we had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea, which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. Then the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy and he put us on board. When we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty of night dust, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete of Salmon. Passing it with great difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Heavens, near the city of Lassia. Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also. If by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete opening toward the southwest and northwest and winter there. Verse 13, let's read that one very well. When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. Now, verse 14, I'll read that one for you. It says, but not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Euroclidon. Some translations will say, I think it's a northeastern wind. May the Lord open our eyes to receive the word from this text of scripture in Jesus' name. We have an account here of, um, this was when after Paul in his trial had appealed that he would go to Caesar. And he was sent and said, okay, you have applied to go to Caesar, so to Caesar you're going to go. And this was the beginning of the journey. 
Now, what they recorded for us here is that when they were about to set on the journey, Paul, who being a spiritual man, a man who was in tune with the creator of the heavens and the earth, said to them in verse 9, he said, 9 to 10, he says, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. That was what Paul sensed from the Spirit. But the Bible says, verse 11, Nevertheless, the centurion who at that time was in authority, Saul was a prisoner. Centurion was in power. The centurion was more persuaded by the owner of the ship, the captain of the ship, and the helmsman and every other person that the Bible says, even verse 12 says, the condition there was not suitable to winter in. Okay, so what Paul was advising was against circumstances. It was against reason. It didn't make sense. It was not comfortable. You know, listening to Paul, like uh, Festus that said, he sounded like somebody besides himself. Okay? And they gave us the reason. They said the harbor was not suitable to winter in. So the majority said, we will not do what Paul is advising. They said, let them go forward. Praise the Lord. And they will find somewhere. Now, verse 13, interestingly, makes a statement. It says, now when the south wind blew softly, this was like confirmation that they should move. Are you getting me now? What did they do? The Bible says they supposed that they had obtained their desire. And that time, Paul looked more stupid. Paul looked more of a madman. Part of the things we learned, you know, Mom Chi preaching to us, is that when you're a remnant, you will be awkward. You will stand alone. Praise the Lord. Many times you'll be like the madman in the group. And, you know, I read somewhere and they say, genius is madness after the people have caught up. That's not the way the person wrote it, but that's the way I understood it. You see, when someone is so ahead of the group, he's considered mad until they catch up where he is. Are you getting what I'm saying? So Paul, at that point, looked very, very stupid. The soft wind just blew, and they said, look at it. So they set sail. But the Bible says in verse 14, not long after, in Matthew 14, 24, from 21 down before them, but 24, Jesus said to the disciples, get in the boat and what? Go to the other side. And he went to pray and they started going. Now, as they were on the journey, the Bible says in verse 14, the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. Why? It says, for the wind was what? Contrary. Now, the man of God, the man of the spirit, the remnant is a person who will not read the wind to make a journey? You sense the spirit. Hallelujah. Our Lord Jesus Christ speaking in John 3, I believe verse 8. It says, the wind blows where it wishes. I like the way King James with the way it listed. No man knows where it comes from and no man knows what, where it goes. It says, so is what everyone that is born of the spirit. Now, if you're a spiritual person, 
you have become superior to the wind. You don't follow the wind again. You determine your direction in spite of the wind. On Wednesday, Pastor Chris told us that the remnant is somebody who holds on to the word of God in spite of, despite of circumstances and situations. Isn't that what it is? Now, the spiritual person is now beyond circumstances and situations. So, he does not go in this direction. And they ask him, why did you turn right? He said, left was difficult. Right was easy. As we saw in the text that we read in Acts, we saw that the wind blew softly and they set sail. But not long after. You know why? Because the wind is so easy to change direction. If you live in Abuja with this period of the rains, you can see sometimes it's raining so heavily and you make a decision. The moment you make the decision, the rain just stops like they close the tap. How many have experienced that? They just shut it like the tap. And then in the next 30 minutes, the sun that comes out, you have to walk out to prove to somebody that it was raining. Why? Because the elements are unreliable, but the spirit is dependable. The people of God have suffered much loss, unnecessary loss, because over time, they have allowed themselves to be led like the people who do not have the Spirit of God are led. If you don't have the Spirit of God, it is understandable. The best you can do is move by the interpretation of things. But if you have the Spirit of God, the Bible says we have not received the Spirit which is of the world, which is from the world. But we have received what? The Spirit that is what? From God. Now, the spirit that is from God is the spirit that we saw in Genesis 1 to a couple of weeks ago. That was hovering over the earth, which was null and void, isn't it? And brought light and brought order to that earth, isn't it? Now, if you're in a situation and there's chaos and there's all that kind of thing, but you have the spirit saying to you, son, go forward. Why should you restrain or refrain from going because of what you see? Not hearing the spirit that from the beginning changes situations to conform with his will. Is someone listening to me? Because you are in a situation now, we are in circumstances now that you look at everything and if you make a judgment based on what you see, you will make a turn that not long after, you'll regret. The people said, this is confirmation. Why was it confirmation? Because there was the soft wind. But not long after, what happened? A typhoon. Category 5 came up. Now, how do you imagine they felt at that point? And some translations said, when that wind came up, it was so heavy that they couldn't turn back. They lost control. They said the ship was like a cork in water. You, saw, you see what, what a cork in water? It just moves anywhere. So at that point, they couldn't turn back. It was too late. It was too late. Why? Because they read and moved with the wind. Um, she was talking to Freedom Fellowship people. You don't decide who you will marry based on something that can change not long after. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to me. For those who are born again, you see, I, now I understand that when you're talking, you should tell the people, the class of people you're talking to. If you have the spirit, if you're a person of the spirit, 
you must be careful how you judge with the judgment of the world. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, Mommy, she has a friend, a, a lady who told us, she told us herself, that when she went to her tailor that used to measure her when she was, when she finished from university, that the tailor refused that is not her because she had never passed a size. That person is three times Momichi's size now. If the husband said, I'm going to marry size two, not long after, he will wake up and sleep, wake up and sleep, sleep and wake up, and then what is he going to see? Size 20. And then it will be too late to change. Are you getting me? They said that some people missed their real husbands because they married a man with Sanyo sound system. God's will for you did not have deck. You know, what, what do we call it? A deck. No, you won't know it. No, sir. Deck, Abby. <laughs> Those days, you arrange it. Georgie, you know what I'm talking about. Everything is arranged. When you come into the room, the light is in like this. You marry the man. You didn't know that a time will come when they won't play music from deck. They'll play from phone. That man will still be with the dead. God's will for you is now playing from, I, I, from iOS uh, devices. You made a decision because you saw something. Not knowing that lo- not long after it will change. And the thing there is this. The pain about decisions, the regret about decisions. You see, when somebody didn't know better and makes a decision. If he finds out he made a mistake, there is not as much pain as when you knew that you knew what to do, but for some reason you didn't do it. That's part of what this man would have suffered on that voyage. Everything that happened, they'll be hearing Paul's voice saying, don't go, don't go, don't go. And then what will be you know, ringing in their head is, but we saw soft wind, but we saw soft wind. But we saw soft twin. Now that experience is excusable for the unsaved person. But for the spiritual person, the Bible says, as many as are led of the spirit. It says what? These are what? The sons of God. So the children of God must not, should not allow themselves ever. You know, we're in Abuja now. And um, when Lagos, you know, and God said to us, come to Abuja and, you know many things and do the work of the ministry when we came into abuja the first before we spent one year in abuja in the first about uh, seven months they robbed our house two times part of what we heard when we were coming to abuja is that there are no thieves <laughs> they robbed our house twice never had an accident before and mom she had an accident that you know it was a miracle they survived the car was written off the things we saw in Abuja, every normal person was saying to us, you made a mistake. You made a mistake. In fact, the day we were leaving Lagos to drive down to Abuja, the car ran and hit the garage. What is that saying? Don't go. To the natural man. But long before then, the spirit has said what? Go to Abuja. Many of us are in situations now where the spirit has borne witness, but the wind is confusing you. But this morning you've come to hear that you are superior to the wind. In fact, you are the wind now. 
people should look and follow you. Are you getting what I'm saying? It says, he that is born of the spirit. It says, no man knows. It says, the wind. No man knows where it's coming from. Nor where it's going. You know what that is saying? No one should be able to look at you and say, if I put this thing here, I put this thing here. That's what Mr. Koku is going to do. That's for the natural man. The spiritual man, you put this here, he likes it. He put this there, he likes it. You put that one there, he loves it. But it comes, the spirit says, jump and pass. And you're watching. Uh-uh. What is happening? I put this here. What has happened is that he is not under the wind. Is someone hearing? He's superior to the wind. So in spite of what is in the environment, the spirit of God says to him, this is the way to go. Go. And you know why they obey the spirit? Because experience has taught them that over and over and over, the spirit never fails. Those are the privileges. Those are the treasures of being a born again Christian. When you walked with the Lord, those are things that you will never miss for anything. Because there's just something in you. You're, you're like a mafia boss. They are reporting things and you're laughing. Because you have known over time. The Bible says about those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good. And you have seen over time that when it happens like this or like that, God is playing another thing. So you're calm in spite of the situation. Praise the Lord somebody. Now, let, let me make, I, I, you know, sometimes I, I come out there and I'm afraid what I say. And I, please, if you're a scientist and you know better, correct me if I'm wrong. But you see, what I heard and what I want to declare to you, that in nature, in God's nature, only non-living things follow the wind. Only non-living things now go in the direction of the wind. They, they just flow. Only dead fish flows with the current and you're not dead only non-living things you know you know the way the wind blows even uh, where, where's the place that has a lot of wind let's say florida how many of us know if you've not been there I'm, okay but you you see the way the wind blows there the way the wind blows in florida all the trees should be lying akimbo but how do the trees in florida stand they stand tall you know why no matter the wind that blows on the tree, trees grow in the direction of sunlight. So when the wind has done its worst, the tree says, I'm going towards the sun. You can't stop me. It's only a dead thing that remains where the elements keep it. If you are alive, you've been given the capacity. You've been given the energy to withstand to challenge what is pressurizing you. So when they say, I'm under pressure. If you are dead, you conform to pressure. But if you are alive, the apostle Paul says, persecuted, but not abandoned. Cast down, but not forsaken. That is the right you have as a living being. To make a decision in spite of what is being pressed upon you. Is someone hearing me? You see, our Lord Jesus didn't die because they killed him. He died because he wanted to die. He said, Father, I give you my spirit. It wasn't the thing they put on him. It wasn't the stripes. You and I, by virtue of being alive, praise the Lord. You know, why do fish swim upstream? 
It said to preserve their young because if they don't go upstream, they can't reproduce. Now, now, one of the best, what's the best fish that people eat? Salmon. Is it salmon? Huh? Salmon is one of the best, right? One of the best. Salmon is the number one. Salmon, they say, no matter the current, salmon, some may be under heavy, you know, uh, pressure. Some might be resistant. But salmon, they say, can leap 12 feet against the direction of the current. Because it must get to where it wants to get to. The point I'm trying to make to us there is this. You don't tell me, and I shouldn't tell myself also, that I'm where I am because of circumstances. There is no circumstance in this world that is permitted to keep a living being where it shouldn't be. Even the seed you plant on the ground, when you plant it, it wants to grow up. You have put it on the ground. Because there is life in it, it's only a dead seed that you bury and it remains buried. If that seed has life, once it begins to unfold, you know what is going to happen? It will send roots downwards to find water. But the rest of it will begin to go towards the sun. This is what it was designed to do. And no soil, if you go around, even in Nigeria, some of our roads are growing leaves. Our interlocking stone grow things, isn't it? We buried it, we compacted everything. But because there is sun coming on top, all those things don't are finding a way. Tell me, why can't you find a way, sir? Why are you agreeing to the wind? In, in, in the account in Matthew 14, they said the wind was contrary. It, did it stop the journey from being concluded? Children of God, resistance is not indication that there shouldn't be movement. That there shouldn't be advancement. If anything, as I read the Bible, and I look at the men that I see in the Bible, and the women that I see in the Bible, it's an announcement that there is a future for you. Everybody you read of in the Bible that amounted to something, if we were to judge their lives at a stage, we would say this one should be forgotten. Joseph had a dream. He announced to his father, he announced to his brothers, I'm going to be great. Before he left teenage, before he became a full mature young man, he had been sold into slavery. How is that going to happen? How's that going to happen? While he was still struggling to be the best slave he could be, he was put in prison. How is he going to be great? They were burying him. Because he had life in him, his life, his story, his testimony would not end by what circumstances did to him. His story had to conform with the choices and the faith he had. When you allow circumstances to conclude your story, you are saying you have no faith. I understand circumstances, can, I mean, pe- people can come from difficult circumstances. For those of us who were the um, governors and queens get together, the Made in Heaven program we had. For the first time, I was hearing uh, our brother, uh, uh, Dickin Philip's story. Those are circumstances that should keep a man, you know, very awkward now. But his testimony is completely different. I know Philip, I know the relationship he has with his children. The children love him. This is somebody that did not experience the father's love. Why? Because he has life. You see, life cannot be excused and cannot be conformed by circumstances. Circumstances, yes. You know, the way people make excuses these days. I'm a single girl. You don't know how hard times are. But you are alive. Praise the Lord. You are alive. You can use your body. There are women that carry bags of cement. 
Not bags, uh, uh, pants. Do you understand? It's a choice. The person that is making a choice to sell her body can make a choice to use her hands and carry that pant. If you know that God will not fail you, you know that that experience will be part of your testimony. But if you have no life, if you're dead in the spirit, you will follow a man and sell your body. And when you come to church, say, what are they talking? Do they know how difficult life is? My mother is in the village. My brother is in the, in the prison. I'm the only one. And then you allow circumstances. The, the Bible says, do not be conformed. Conformation happens when you adjust to what is coming from outside you. Transformation happens when you respond to what is in the inside of you. Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. So you can let what is coming from outside put you to where you should be. Or you can say no and let what is inside determine what will be seen of you. The wind moves so many things, but no living thing will you say is here because the wind kept it here. The wind can move a piece of paper. It can move a dead piece of wood. It can move anything and keep it where it wants. But once that thing is alive, God puts in it the capacity. Even if it moves it, when it stops, it will go back to where it should be. And say, no, I was not born to be that. This is what I was born to be. People of God, you see, if we were to measure and follow easy path, then the first thing they should do to you and I, um, to, to myself, is that they should take the Holy Spirit from me. You know why? Romans 8, 11, you can put it on the screen. The Bible says, it says, but if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, when the Bible says Jesus alone, it's trying to remind us that that is his capacity as a man. Are you following me? But if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in your mortal body dwells in you <laughs> it says the spirit he the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead what is he going to do? is also what able to quicken to raise to bring you out now the reason we are given the spirit is because circumstances will come against us if not, they won't give us the spirit. Jesus, when he was with the disciples, was, you know, managing them, solving problems for them. When he was going to go, he said to them, tarry until you endure with power from one. Why? Because you're now going to face situations that if we let you in those situations, they will press you in. But we're going to make sure that you carry something that no matter what blows against you, you can remain unshakable. You can remain unmovable. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. So how can a carrier of the Holy Spirit be full, be, be full of excuses? You don't know where I walk. I don't know where you walk, but I know the Holy Spirit. You don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through, but I know the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. But if it's not always there, how many have the Holy Ghost there? Then you're the one I'm talking to. But if... <laughs> You know, the Holy Spirit is a converter. It converts anger to smile. It converts wrath to kindness. I've told you the experience, you know, I'm, I just remembered it now. 
we had with the person that ran, ran into a car, uh, in a car parked in my house, not going anywhere. Somebody came to my house. That's like traveled. Moving almost at least. He, can't, he couldn't be doing less than 60 kilometers, if you know my house. The speed hit a car that was parked and it moved at a distance of almost from here, if I'm not, a, at least from here to this place. That's how many? About five feet, six feet. He moved from there to there. A car that was parked. Now, when the person, the owner of this car came, he was harassing me. He called DSS for me. Called me all kinds of names. You can imagine that I was happy, Abby. If you think I was happy, then you must not know. You must think your, your pastor not to be eating, uh, eating food. <laughs> you know? I was so angry. But you know what? Finally, the spirit said, Tell him to go. Let him not pay. You fix your car. Sorry, go. It wasn't me now. Do you understand? It, it couldn't have been me. I mean, it's all right. Somebody hits your car and say, Ah, oh God, I'm sorry. Oh, please. I was just, I don't know. My head is full. It's okay, go. But someone hits your car. The person said, How much is the car? <laughs> you know, how much is the car? Now, what I'm trying to say, bro- brothers and sisters, is this. We were given the Holy Spirit because they know that we are going to be required to do unnatural things. The Christian has been called out of a natural life. We are called to a supernatural life. We forgive supernaturally. We serve supernaturally. We are faithful supernaturally. Do you get what I'm talking about? We are wonders. That's what we are called to be. Now, now, don't be listening to me and be judging where you are. We said, believe first. Abby, if that is what the Bible is saying, believe first. Contrary wind, what we are saying is this. The wind that the, the uh, uh, sailors and the people sailing with saw was soft and they moved. What was the conclusion of the journey? Chaos. Calamity. Abby, now. What we are learning today, brothers and sisters, don't judge by the wind. Good or bad, don't judge by the wind. Why? Because you have been given a greater witness. And that is what is going to enable you. This remnant they are talking about, that's what is going to enable you. Because if not, oh no. What are we talking about? If not, how can you make it? disappointments after one after the other and you tell me to believe how can i believe god do you know how many years do you know how long do you know how many times i've tried and failed do you know you know do you know what i'm going through and this is what the bible tells us please you may put it on the screen romans 4 18 it talks about abraham it says who abraham is the father of faith let's read it what does it say contrary to what you know, there is this that, you know, when you ask somebody, how is it? He said, I have hope, I have hope. When he says that, he's saying, I can see, you know, this person said he will call me. This person said he will stop by and, you know, I have hope. Okay? That many, many of us will bear witness that we started having hope. And then they were blowing away the hope. They were just blowing away all the hopes. <laughs> The test is when all the hope is gone. Who contrary to hope? Do you not transit into belief? Belief is where you get to. 
and you talk, part of you is laughing at you. I think some of us have gotten there. That's why you're laughing. You say something, part of you is laughing at you. For those who are married, sometimes you say, your husband will just, you say, your wife will just, uh, for peace sake. It says, contrary to hope, in hope believed. Let's look at that in NLT, please. It says, even when there was no reason for hope. When there was what? No reason. Reason is understandable if I'm all natural man. But I'm no longer all natural. Do you understand? Reason is, but even when there was, Abraham kept believe, hoping, believing that one, he will become the father of many. He says why? For God said to him, let, let, let's look at another one, the living Bible. I think that one put it in another way that is interesting. Thank you. He says, so when God told Abraham that he would give him a son who would have many descendants and become a great nation. Abraham believed God. Even though, read that last part. What did he say? Even though such a promise just couldn't come to pass. Now, this morning, I've come to talk to some people who have heard things that looks like it can't come to pass. Are you here this morning? Let me see you wave your hand if you're the one I'm talking because there are some people that what God told them, they can see it. You know, if uh, their brother is there now, when their brother calls their sister and their sister will call their cousin brother, their cousin brother will call their uncle sister. And then the thing will just fall in place. But some of us are in a place where this thing God said, he cannot. But because God said it, there is no wind that is blowing softly for you. But you have learned that, oh, you are bigger than the wind. You're not moved by the wind. Every result is saying contrary. But you sense in your spirit that this is the will of God for you. Child of God, that's where Christians live. You know why? <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think that to be a Christian, you say, I believe that Jesus, you know, God, God so loved me. He gave his only begotten son that he died on the cross for me. And that on the third day, he what? He rose again. Why do you think that is a fundamental, foundational, must confession for the Christian? Why? God loves me. Eh? But that the person you're following died, buried, rose after three days. You have transited to join the people that are mad. Are you hearing me? The fact that you say you're a Christian, you have enlisted to join the crazy people that believe that a man buried three days, rose again, and is still alive. You believe that. So why is it that that infirmity in your body, you cannot believe that it will be turned around? Praise the Lord. If God raised Jesus from the dead, eh, and you believe that, we are taught plotting of graphs in school. If you plot the graph of death and resurrection, put your situation inside. Is it going to be outside of the graph? It will be some tiny spot. You want to move from being a debtor to paying your debt. Fit that in between death and resurrection. You want to move from being sick to being healed. Fit that into death and resurrection. You want to move from, you know, whatever it is. How do you want to journey? A person that believes in the resurrection. 
Do you believe the resurrection? <laughs> or is it mental ascent? You know, mental ascent is you can pass the exam when it's theory. But when it's practical, you flunk it. Because you never really got yourself into it. That's Christianity. We believe the resurrection. We believe that dead marriages can come back to life. We believe that dead situations can come to life. We believe that when everything is all over, there is a new beginning. We believe that God restores the years that the canker worm has eaten. We believe that God can turn your mourning into dancing. We believe that God gives the garment of praise instead of heaviness. We believe that God causes songs to rise in the night. This is what the Christian believes. We believe that in all circumstances, all situations, God works for the good of those who love him and are they called according to We believe that God has never made an excuse. God has never looked at a man and said, I would have done this, but uh, there was go, hold up or go slow. He works all things according to the counsel of his will. No purpose of his can be withheld. That's what the Christian believes. So when he says it, I believe it. And they say what? That settles it. You say, uh, but you've been saying it. That's your own. You're living in time. God inhabits eternity. I will wait until my Shiloh comes. You, see, you settle it. You enter into it. Contrary to hope. So, because you see, what, what it is, is, is that many times we want to explain. And I, I'm, I like to explain. I like explanation. But you see, how do you explain? Jesus sent these people across the sea. Jesus controls the wind. Jesus could have told the wind, my people are going. You know the way when, um, when the president wants to go from his uh, bedroom to the airport, before he goes to brush his mouth, they block the road. He hasn't started brushing. They have blocked the road. Now, they do that, and to you, it might appear as if they have power. The reason they do that is because they don't have power. Because if you had power, even if there is hold up, you'll come. Jesus said, go to the other side. And he saw the contrary wind. He said, what do I do? He said, let them be going. When it was time, he started walking. If you can do all things, you will not be afraid of circumstances. The reason we shake and shake and shake is because we are afraid of impossibilities. But God, he says, is there anything too hard for me? That's why he's not bothered. And if you're going to walk with him, you have to come up higher. Because some, some of us, when we are praying, eh, there are some things that you have to, God, you must understand this thing is difficult. As you pray, 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 you feel, God, you must understand this thing is difficult. Oh. And he's saying to you, child, is there anything too hard for me? Because if you don't understand that it's not hard for him, you will pray and still be anxious. Because you're going to be praying and say, okay, start, Lord, start doing it one by one. Like Joseph now, the first thing Joseph would need God to do, if not that, you know, God, you know if we were reasoning, would say, first of all, let Potiphar discover that the wife was lying against me. Isn't it? That's the only way he can come out of prison. And then they'll bring me out of prison. Probably in mercy, restore him to his slavery or do him, you know, that's way be him back to Palestine. Okay, but look at how God did it. Did we hear about Potiphar again? Did we hear about Potiphar's wife again? All we know is that in that Egypt, after Pharaoh, 
Joseph. Whoever occupied any position took adjustment. Why? Because God can answer you from directions that if we stayed, started imagining, we could never imagine. That's why the Bible says, to him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask. Or what? When you meditate on that passage, on that word, I think, there are some things you can't ask, but you have thought. Hey, what if I... Do you understand what I'm saying? But there are things you have never thought. Like some of you now. you thinking of, you know, just being, living a life of, no, why you're nothing. You can't think of it because, ah, the thing is in your blood. All you're just saying is, Lord, let me repent before I die. If I, if I do this one, let me. But, but I, I, <laughs> I want to tell you that they are thinking that. Enoch was like you, a man. And the Bible says he so walked with God. God so loved him. The fellowship was so sweet that Enoch was unsuitable to dwell on earth. When I pray, I tell God. Because you see, we are talking Christianity, right? If with God, nothing is impossible, then God can make it perfect. Why should somebody imagine that there is no power? When God says, with God, all things are possible. Do you understand? Is it not God that is God of Daniel? So why why can't I also be kept? Daniel was in Babylon. You're in your own country. Why can't I be kept without reproach? The enemies of Daniel said, we cannot find anything against this man. Except we say, don't pray. Why don't you desire that in my life, I will get to the level where you investigate. Search everywhere. You can't find anything against me. Except you say, don't worship God. Then that's the only thing you can feel me on. With God, how many things? All things are possible. But you see, those things will never challenge yourself. Do you know you, 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 you listening to me? You, you can become a multi-billionaire. Oh, yes. You can get to the point where I was looking at the choir today. They look so nice. And I was just imagining, it would be nice for me to, from time to time, just buy them sets of suits. Do you understand? They look so nice. But where I am now, at least I taught it. I can't do it. But I've taught it. So, but, <laughs> yes, I'm telling you, you know. Yes, and then sometimes I just look. I say, I, I just buy these people cars. I, I think it. Now, what I'm trying to say is, there are some things you can't even think. God is able to do. Even those ones you can't think. That's God. He's the one we're talking about. But you see, where I live now, what I have now, what I can do now, what I end now, makes that thinking impossible. Yes, but you're like the wind. The the Igbos have another say. They say, Ikuku, Amanoya. That means the trap does not hold the wind. Circumstances do not hold the spirit man. Are you getting me? Your circumstances don't wrap you in. Like the wind, you escape. Like the wind, you rise. Ah, where I come from? This, we have never crossed this level. Where I am? That is the natural man. The spirit man. You can't stop it. You can't arrest it. You can't lock it. Part of what I wanted to talk to us today was about Peter. Why Peter? That was what I had. I thought God was going to speak to us. But the Lord changed it. Why Peter could sleep in the prison? You know, they say the angel came and tapped him. Peter, Peter, come on, wake up. In prison. That's how they wake some of us up when we're in the five-star hotel. People who sleep on that bridge, I think they wake them up like that also because... They have adjusted to tune out noise. <laughs> why, why, 
did they have to tap Peter? Peter, wake up. You know why? The last time they put Peter in prison, at the best time of his sleep, an angel came and said, Peter and John, you people come and please go and be preaching. So Peter knew that prison was short stay. Are you hearing me? Peter had been put in prison. Men were enraged. Put this man in prison. Lock them up. Let them not be. By the early morning, when it was time to wake up, an angel came and brought them out. And said, Peter and John, don't mind them. Go to the square and be preaching. So Peter had by experience known that prison doors don't lock him in. So when Herod put him again, he slept. Is someone hearing what I'm saying? The man that is born of the spirit knows that gates don't lock me in. Sickness doesn't keep me in. Nothing keeps me in. I believe God and God raises the dead. The apostle Paul says, why should he be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? That's the God we are serving. Are you hearing me? So the wind, (laughs) circumstances, statistics, all of that, you see, when you were a natural man, they helped. But now you're a spiritual man. Dig into the spirit. Dig into the spirit. Paul said, I perceive. His perception, probably where he was in, a, in some deck, you know, somewhere underground. He didn't read the wind. Was more accurate than anything that the compass and the weather reader was saying. Why? Because the spirit of God was brooding upon him. Let's rise on our feet. I am a believer. I am born again. I am born of the spirit. I am not dead. I will not flow with the wind. You see, you going with the flow is effortless. Mom, she told us the story about Hezekiah, Ahab, Zedekiah, and Micaiah. That story in, in Kings. In that account, what you see is very interesting. There were two kings, and then there was a lead prophet, Zedekiah. And they said to the king, King This is how you're going to, you know, raid the enemies and destroy them. And when they sent to call for Micaiah, the other prophet, they advised him. Every prophet that has come here has prophesied thus and thus to the king. Go with the flow. That's what they told him. They told Micaiah, go with the flow. And when Micaiah came, he actually went with the flow. But the king said, you... (laughs) let me tell you what happened there the king knew he was alive the thing about this is that even your enemies know do you understand (laughs) hallelujah i've had some experiences with god when we moved to this abuja you know in that 1997 things got so tight for us and i was on the bank and god said leave the bank and go and do this work that i called you to do I mean, the nature of the work and the timing and all of that not that i shouldn't work because i was doing you know i did business for quite a while so, I left the bank, you know, started just serving God and all of that. When things got hard in Abuja, I started looking for work in the bank again. I did this interview. We were about 400, 500. They chose maybe about eight of us or seven, shortlisted seven of us. When I went to this interview, brothers and sisters, I sat down. The people sat and were talking to me. After a while, one of them said, if we give you this job, you will resign again and say, God told you. I said, yes. I got up and left. I get what I'm saying. God will just locate you everywhere you're trying to run to. I needed money. But they send them to tell them. You know, if the man tells me that and I say no, you know it's going to be more, it's going to be a big problem. So I said, you're right, sir. That's how, you know, we ended the interview. Child of God, you are 
a spirit first. From the day you got born again, you got involved in the agenda of heaven. Things will happen here that won't make sense. Let you and I be delivered from sense. I get it, me from sense, from time. After five years, I've been there. I told you one of the things I repent of when we started this, you know, the Father's Church was that I told one elderly, you know, his late now wonderful man of God, Pastor. When he was saying, I care, I know God will prosper your ministry. God is going to do that. I'm sure this and this is going to happen. And I don't know, I can't remember what the man said. Pastor Chris was the both of us that were with him. And I told the man, in four, he was saying, I think he was saying in five years. I said, no, in two years. I was still counting time. God had not taken me to the university then. I think I was leaving primary one. Now I'm afraid. I don't measure time. I don't measure, no, I don't measure anything. You know why? Because spiritual things. No. If we are talking of who is buying this bank and where this bank is going, we can measure shareholding. We can measure customer base. We can measure turnover. But spiritual things. Haba, do you know how many people that did not wear that were in Israel when Jesus was born? Let's say population of one million. The priest didn't know. Nobody knew. It was wise men. From the east that knew and came. When they came, the only confirmation they found in Israel was not among the Sanhedrin. It wasn't among the Pharisees. It wasn't among the scribes. They knew where he was to be born. And he had been born. They didn't know. The people you're looking at may not know what God is doing. The only people who knew what God was doing was Simeon and Anna. There is nobody that would have gone to them for prayer then. There is nobody that would have invited them to preach in their conference then. Simeon and Anna, they were the only ones in tune with heaven. All the other people that were moving about with their big robes didn't know where God was. And they say, ah, look at them people who, they didn't know what God was doing. Spiritual things, you have to close your eyes to see. Is somebody hearing me? So God is at work in somebody's life, but circumstances don't look like it. God is preparing somebody for something. But you're not counting. One, two, three is not adding up. It never adds up. It never adds up. With God, no, it doesn't add up. It's a miracle. It says you are going to bring the capstone. What is that mountain before Zerubbabel? Say it shall be made a place. It says you're going to bring the capstone to it. And what is going to be it? It won't be your, star, your funding. It will be shouts of grace. Because you're going to look back in your life and see that what God did could only have been possible if not for growth. You're going to see spaces. You're going to see unexplainable phenomenons. You're going to see help where there should be no help. You're going to see things you couldn't explain. And the only thing you can say is grace. It's grace. It's grace. Somebody lift up your voice and say to the Lord, I believe you. I believe you, Lord. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. I hold on to your word. It's not by my might, it's not by my power, but by your spirit. Lord, I believe you. You will accomplish your good purpose. I believe you. Tell him, Lord, I believe you. Impossible things, unexplainable things. The wind, I'm not reading the wind again. It doesn't matter. Somebody says, you have to leave Nigeria to prosper. No, you have to hold on to God to prosper. You have to hold on to God. It's God that makes the difference. It's God. It's not the wind. It's not the direction. It's not the smoothness. It's not the softness. 
neither is it the harshness of the wind that says there is no way there is a God in heaven and he is my father I believe God I believe God you know part of um, I think that was the main text for the, um, the program that Momichi read Romans 11 5 says there's, an, there's a remnant and it's according to the election of grace you see the, the thing about this work and the, the work of the spirit in our lives is that if we can fully explain it then grace is gone you see anywhere grace is man is left handicapped anything that works by grace man is left without both that, that's why I, I just need to throw this in that's why anybody that understands this thing that we're learning today okay let me tell you one of the, the Bible says um, in the last days all manner of spirit it said test all spirit one of the tests that you must give to friends yourself anybody that claims to be spiritual in this time is are they humble you see because anything God is going to do any great work that is of God is going to be by grace okay now grace can never go with pride you see anytime you see a person and it's the person is prideful full of himself know that maybe God brought him there but God is not with him anymore because grace has as a quote humility you see listen oh Lord praise the Lord do you like my suit imagine if I borrowed it from Pastor Emma and all of you saw when Pastor Emma was lending me the suit if I come here will I be posing with it will I be moving anyhow when I move, like my son did many years ago, when he comes to church, he's busy saying, Uncle, this person is wearing that shoes. This person is wearing that style. That's what teacher used to do. This person is, you know. If you saw me when I borrowed it from your friend, can I post for you? Now, when grace is at work, we know that it's God working in you. How can you add pride to what we know is not original to you? I get it. So when I'm, I'm teaching you how to discern, you know, people men women of god whatever names that once you see pride just know that god has left it. god is not living there again because grace grace is you look you're walking on air your step they are lifting you and you look on the ground and you didn't climb up by your power praise the lord pastor chris was sharing his testimony it's because you understand that it's god that is making it if a man gets to a point he will look back and see that had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, he will see, I got it, God did it, I made it, God did it, I was delivered, God did it, he will be humble. But when, once you see pride, know that God is in there. The other part to it is this, that grace is unlimited. Praise the Lord somebody. That grace is what? unlimited so it says there's a remnant according to election of grace and the Ephesians 2 8 now says for by grace we'll be saved through faith so every one of us grace is given so I have it let me have somebody say you have it I have it now I, I, I want I want us to do a bit of Bible study so we'll pray now it says Ephesians 2 8 says do you have your Bibles if you have your Bibles please open to it so we'll leave one here We'll leave Ephesians 2 8 on the screen. And then you now open your Bible to 1 Corinthians 15 10. So, Romans 2 8 says, For by grace I have been saved, which means I began with grace. Right? Now, open 1 Corinthians 15 
10. What does it say? So, no, just stop it. The previous verse, verse 9, will say, I am the least. Hallelujah. Easy to read version. Okay, now please just put, put easy to read version. First Corinthians 15, 9 for me. Easy to read version. It says, all the other apostles are what? They are greater than I. I was guilty. I persecuted the church. So, I'm not even good enough to be called an apostle. But that was where I started from. Is someone hearing me? That's where he started from. But because grace was involved, he could now say in verse 10, for by the grace of God. At that point where he was speaking, was he the least of the apostles? No, he wasn't. At that point he was speaking, did he look like a persecutor or the builder of the church? Grace will take you from where you are now to heights unimaginable. You need to believe God and ask the Lord for that grace. Lord, I refuse that I'll be at this level. I want you to go to the Lord in prayer. Grace to take me. Someone is watching, someone is listening, and you know that you're not yet living the life of a Christian. Grace is what makes that transition. The Bible says this, that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous son. Even in that kingdom, there are realms and there are dimensions. Somebody listening to me say, Lord, make me a captain in this army. Make me a general in this army. Make me a deliverer in this army. God has given you a calling. Maybe you're a treasurer. Maybe you're an evangelist. Maybe you should be going about, you know, be representing God in the kingdoms of this world. Politics, business, all manner. Grace. Lord, I believe you. In that office, grace, he works it, he orchestrates it. Things changing, things changing, unexplainable. Pharaoh has a dream, no one can interpret it. I've never interpreted. I come and I give an interpretation, and they say, Wow, God positioning you, being in the right place at the right time, knowing what to say, knowing what to do, all things falling in your place. Lord, help me for your glory. For your glory. Lord, you started me up on grace. Give me grace. More grace. Grace to excel. Grace to live holy. Grace to love my husband. Grace to submit as a woman. Grace to be a father. Grace to be a faithful servant of God. Grace. Grace. <laughs> grace. Grace. Open doors. Grace to prosper. In a place like Nigeria, without being corrupt. Grace, uncommon favor, insight, direction. Grace, grace to overcome temptation. To look at yourself and say, did I survive that? Did I just say no to that temptation? Grace, somebody is going with victory today. You won't fall under such temptations again. You're going victorious. Grace, the wind doesn't move you anymore. The adversity of the nation doesn't move you anymore. The difficulty of the times does not compromise you anymore. You have the spirit of the living God. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will be raising you. You'll be overcoming. You'll be overcoming. You'll be overcoming. This is the victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. We believe God will do what only he can do. All I say is yes. He has said it to me. I believe him and I can do all things. Do I have the power? No. But do I have the faith? Yes. I've failed two times. I'm not giving up. I've failed seven times. I'm not giving up. Ah, I believe God. Amen.
You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Kwarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.